đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you and welcome to this week episode of team cow my radio today we're season three guys that's not that's not going to change season three we'll go come to season three and episode 148 yeah usually i don't say episode much but now i get to say it because why not right so it's season it's, it's season three Hope you guys are having a great day. Hopefully you guys can continue to hear my radio show. <laughs> Hope you guys are staying safe outside. Not get hurt, of course. And, of course, it's, the important part is make sure you do all your assignments, do all your work, and don't fail the class. And it's the last week for winter class. So hopefully, so hopefully you guys are catching up with your stuff, getting things turned in. <laughs> and make sure that, I know it's not cold, that much of this week. Hope it gets it's getting warmer. So hopefully you guys are staying safe as is. And make sure to tune in every Monday and Friday for our podcast. Alright, let's get into it. So there's not much we can talk about besides COVID, because why not, right? You don't talk about full quite a bit. COVID nineteen, Hong Kong to allow full day in person classes in all schools in February. Hong Kong is set to allow full day full face to face classes in February regardless of school vaccination rates, as government orders students and teaching staff to continue conducting daily rapid, uh, rapid antigen tests, or RAT, until the end of January. Secretary for Education Christine Choi announced on Wednesday that secondary schools in Hong Kong may resume teaching students in person for a full day from February 1, 2023, while primary schools and kindergartens can follow the suit on February 15. <laughs> The announcements came hours after the government said it would scrap most of its COVID-19 curves on Wednesday, including dropping the vaccine pass scheme, which requires members of the public to show vaccination proof before entering venues such as restaurants and bars. Hong Kong school has been subject to intermittent to intermit, um, closures and online learning since COVID-19 emerges in the city in the early 2020. Disruptions to education have left their marks on young Hong Kongers, many struggling to catch up and make friends with classmates. Schools were previously required to reach a 90% vaccination rate, with students required to have received at least two jabs in order to hold full-day in-person classes. According to Choi's Facebook post, the vaccine pass requirement for teachers and other individuals to access schools was also dropped. Additionally, all students are now able to take part in extracurricular activities, and those without guardians to collect them, to collect them may stay behind after school. But the authorities ordered ordered teaching staff and students to continue conducting daily rapid antigen tests and recording their temperature every day before schools until at least January thirty first. They use the same techniques that we use in the in in school here in doubt in uh, in in America when we when I was going to high school and they do the same thing um, when we come back in person. Not all, but at least at least um we came back nonetheless. 
Considering the close interactions between teachers and students in schools, the activities are frequent, and there is a relatively high transmission rate, the education chief said, adding, students belong to one of the key protection groups. Cross-boundary pupils residing in mainland China may attend, cl- attend classes in person, in person in Hong Kong February at the earliest, lawmakers Chu Guokeng, a representative of the education factor, said on ITHK on Friday. He said ind- industry representatives and the Education Bureau both agree that cross-border secondary school students may return to campuses in the, in the city on February 1st, while primary school students are expected to resume face-to-face classes in mid-February, after almost three years of border closures. The arrangement, which concerns around 18,000 pupils, came after the Hong Kong government said it was seeking to resume quarantine-free travel with mainland China. By mid-January, despite a rampant outbreak sweeping in, in the mainland. I don't get it how they're so naive, how the government can be, you know, so naive about what's going on. Because if they're so, if they don't understand that a higher risk is going to be transmission if you open up the board completely. And follow the suit like we just discussed um, last week on Friday. France, UK imposed... France and the UK imposed COVID tests on China's arrivals as the WHO urged more transparency. Not just the UK and the US, oh no, there's plenty of countries. France and Britain on Friday joined a growing list of nations imposing COVID tests on travelers from China, and the World Health Organization pressed Beijing to be more forthcoming on real-time data amidst an explosion of cases there. Spain, South Korea, and Israel also said they would require proof of a negative test for travelers leaving China. Despite its hospitals and morgues being overwhelmed and international concerns over the low fi- over the low official figures on infections and deaths there, China insisted Friday that it had been transparent in sharing its COVID-19 data. Earlier this week, a senior U.S. health official said Beijing has provided only limited data to global databases about variants circulating in China, and its testing and reporting on new cases had diminished. The Geneva-based World Health Organization, or WHO, summoned Chinese officials and asked for rigorous sharing of specific and real-time data on the epidemiological um, situation, the agency said in a statement. WHO stressed the importance of monitoring and and the timely publications of data to help China and the global community to inform effective responses, it said. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin, of course, who can blame, who, 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 who doesn't expect him to say anything otherwise, refuted suggestions that the country had not been forthcoming on data. Since the outbreak of the epidemic, China has been sharing relevant information and data with the international community, including WHO, in an open and transparent manner. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we shared the sequence of the new COVID- new coronavirus at the first instance, thus making important contribution to the development of relevant vaccines and drugs in other countries. I don't even trust using this thing, even if it's the last thing on Earth. I would not use that at all. A national disease control body in China said there were about 55,000 new local cases and one death Friday, but with the end, 
and the mass testing and narrowing of criteria for what counts as a COVID fatality, those numbers are no longer believed to be to reflect reality. If you're saying if 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 they're if you guys if the Chinese government gonna keep sitting there saying, oh we're sharing information to everybody, we're sharing information to everybody. Where's the information at? Where's that information now? You haven't put out the information, so what is the point of you even trying to tell us? If you guys are going to try to be truth, telling the truth, share it. We want to know. We're keeping our country safe because of it. Because we don't want the CCP virus to come into our country. Britain, France, Spain, South Korea, and Israel have joined Italy, Japan, India, Malaysia, Taiwan, and the United States, and requiring negative COVID tests for all travelers from mainland China, in a bid to avoid importing new virus variants, which is the biggest mistake that ever happened. In Britain's case, the requirements come into effect from January 5th, which is just in a couple of days. Switzerland, however, said it would keep its border open for arrivals from China. I don't know if it's money, but who cares? But I don't know. In Beijing, Wang argued that health experts in several countries had decided that there was no need to impose entry restrictions on travelers from China. You realize it's for health health reasons, right? The European Union Infectious Disease Agency said Thursday such restrictions were not warranted for the moment due to the high level of immunity in the EU and EU economic area. Germany seemed to take that on board Friday saying that I do not currently see the need to impose routine tests on arrivals from China. I don't know, I don't know if it's about the money, because that's all, that's all I think of, it's the money. But Health Minister Karl Lauterbach did argue for a coordinated EU-wide system to monitor variants across European airports. We need a European solution, he said. A coordinated approach will make it easier to detect new <laughs> variants of the virus, quickly and take appropriate measures, he added. And while routine tests were not yet necessary for travelers from China, that could change that could change given that could change given that data from China could not be reliable could not be uh, reliably obtained. Justifying the restrictions Spain has decided to impose, Health Minister Carolina Darius uh, Darius said a major concern lies in the possibility of a new variants appearing in China that have not been controlled. <laughs> Given the health situation in that country, we know the importance of acting with coronations, but also the importance of acting quickly, he had, she, uh, she's, she added. Zhao Yahui from the China's National Health Commission, or NHC, insisted on Thursdays Beijing has always published data on COVID-19 deaths and severe cases in the spirit of openness and transparency. It's the same thing that uh, Wen Bin, who's a spokesman, who said. Same thing. Nothing different. The NHC said last week it would no longer release an official day, uh, daily COVID death toll. But health risk analysis firm Airfinity said it currently estimates 9,000 daily deaths and 1.8 million infections per day in China. And expected and expected 1.7 million fatalities across the country by the end of April 2023. The Britain-based research firm said its model was based on data from China's regional provinces before changes to reporting infections were implemented. Combined with cases growth with case growth 
rates from other from other former zero COVID countries when they lift restrictions. China said this month it would end mandatory quarantine for people arriving in the country, and I had abandoned strict measures to contain the virus. The world's most populous country will downgrade its management of COVID-19 from January 8th, treating it as a Class B infection rather than a more serious Class A. Class A. <laughs> we'll see how these guys go. We'll see how long these, um, you know, country can do anything like that. We don't know how. Uh, we don't know how good it's gonna be. We don't know how it's gonna be, how effective it's gonna be. We know how strong it is, but we'll see how it goes. It's pretty early on, but. Hopefully, hopefully they, hopefully they do it. <laughs> Over a dozen countries rolled out China's travelers' checks amidst COVID surges. We already know how unsafe right now because of the COVID nineteen in China right now. Travelers from China now face restrictions when entering more than dozen countries as concern grows over the surge in COVID nineteen cases. With Australia the latest to demand a negative test before arrival. Last month, Beijing abruptly began dismantling its zero-COVID containment policy of lockdowns and mass testing three years after the coronavirus first emerged in the city of Wuhan, which came from a lab. As COVID overwhelms Chinese hospitals and crematoriums, officials have insisted that the wave is under control, despite acknowledging that the true scale of infections is impossible to track. Health, Australia's health minister on, on Sunday cited Beijing's lack of comprehensive information about COVID cases as the reasoning behind the travel requirement, which will take effect on January 5th. The move will safeguard Australia from the risk of potential new emerging variants, he said. In recent days, Canada, the United States, the United Kingdom, France, Italy, Spain, Japan, South Korea, and Taiwan have also imposed either either a negative COVID-19 uh, COVID test requirement or testing upon arrival for travelers from China. Canada cited the limited ep- um, epidemiology and viral genetic, um, genetic um, sequence data, data available on recent COVID cases in China for its negative test demands. Meanwhile, Morocco moved to ban all arrival from China on Saturday to avoid a new wave of contaminations in Morocco and all of its consequences. The flurry of global travel restrictions began as countries anticipated a surge in Chinese visitors after Beijing announced mandatory quarantine for inbound passengers would end on January 8th. The World Health Organization, uh, the World Health Organization have called the precautionary measures understandable in light of the lack of outbreak information provided by Beijing. Okay, now the WHO are not understanding about this. They should have done this a long time ago. Not now. It's too late. But the European branch of the International Airports Council, which represents more than 500 airports in 55 European countries, said the restrictions were not justified or risk-based. Oh, really? Are you sure it's risk-based or not risk-based? European countries will meet next week to discuss a joint response to the issue, with incoming EU presidency underholder uh, Sweden saying it was seeking a common policy for the entire EU when it comes to the introduction of possible entry restrictions. While a, major, while a few major Chinese cities seem to be uh, emerging from the current wave of infections under, resor- 
under-resourced smaller cities and rural areas have been hit especially hard. There's a light in the end of the tunnel. In response to the outbreak, Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen said on Sunday that she is willing to provide necessary assistance based on humanitarian concerns, but she did not specify what kind of aid might be sent to Beijing, which considers itself Rhode Island a breakaway province, quote-unquote. During his televised New Year address, Chinese presentator Xi Jinping struck an optimistic note. Epidemic prevention and the control is entering a new phase. Everyone is working resolutely and the light of hope is right in front of us, she said in a, in a speech broadcast on state media on Saturday. It was Xi's second time com- commenting on the outbreak this week. On mon- um, it was Xi's second time commenting on the outbreak this week. On Monday, he called for measures to effectively protect people's lives. Despite the jump in infections, large crowds still gathered for New Year's Eve celebrations in Shanghai and Wuhan. Although some social media users said the festivities seems more subdued than in past years. China on Sunday reported more than 5,100 new infections and one death linked to COVID to COVID out of its population of 1.4 billion. But the figure appeared to be out of step with the reality on the ground. Like if these com like if these commies gonna give us any true information whatsoever. They're not. They're not gonna give out any information that what they're trying to tell us. So Morocco did follow the suit, so why not just talk about them, right? Morocco to ban travelers from China over COVID spread. Morocco said Saturday it will ban entry for all to all travelers from China, where cases of COVID-19 has exploded. Other nations, including France, Britain, and Morocco, cross-strait neighboring Spain, have said they will require negative COVID tests for all travelers from mainland China. But the Moroccan foreign ministry said in a statement that authorities in the South African country decided to forbid access to territories of the Kingdom of Morocco for all travelers, whatever their nationality, coming from the People's Republic of China. The ban will take effect on January 3rd, which is tomorrow. For them, it could be a little far, who knows. <clears throat> and last and lasts until further notice. In order to avoid a new wave of contaminations in Morocco and all its consequences, the ministry said. China said in December that it would end mandatory quarantine for people arriving in the country and had abandoned strict measures to contain the virus. I don't know how much I don't know how much of they're gonna be able to handle it. But hopefully hopefully that whatever they're doing is pretty smart. Because right now the cases in China is so badly unreliable, it's underreported it. How am I gonna trust these guys? If I can't even deal with these, if I can't deal with the government, this government can't even give us a real information. How am I supposed to know what's going on? It's like what? It's like, it's like well, I don't know if it's going on. Literally, what's going on? Like I don't know where you've been. So we're gonna look at the uh, final days of, of, of what happening to a fabric store in uh, Shamshui Po. So final days of historic Hong Kong fabric market in Shamshui Po. After more than four years, the narrow fabric lined lanes up up Yenchao, up Yenchao Street, Hawker's Bazaar, and Shamshui Pole are be, are soon to be this a thing of the past. Established in 1978, and commonly known as Panjai, 
the covered market phase demolition and will close on January 31st, which is pretty sad actually. They work hard to maintain that place. Around 50 stallholders will be affected by the closure, with about 16 chosen to relocate to the Tung Chow Street Temporary Market, according to the standard. Fabric sellers were offered up to $35,000 to relocate all $100,000 and ex-gratia payments in return to return the stalls to the government, amount considered too low by the Panjai Concern Group. Uncle Tom, 90 years old, told Hong Kong Free Press he has been working at a fabric market for more than four years, so he he's basically working in the textile and garment um, industry, um, sector. He said that he would retire when Panjai closed down, which is sad. All fabrics has a use. However, the market will be demolished, and all my fabric will be sent to landfills as I cannot keep it anymore. It is a kind of wait. Is a it's a kind of a, kind of a waste. Tom said, "It's kind of sad to see this happening." Mr. and Mrs. Ho have chosen to relocate their stalls to Tung Chow Street Temporary Markets. I'm very passionate about this industry, Mr. Ho said. Tammy, whose father is a fabric seller, grew up at Pangjai. She recalled um, doing her homework there when she was just 8 years old. We played hide and seek there and no one could find me, Tammy told Hong Kong Free Press. You know, it's very sad to see this happening. I I love the uh, the textile industry. They're they're one of the best industry ever. Not because um they're just there, you know, to to just sew clothes or whatever. It's not just because of that, but because they help us with a lot of things. And they attribute to the city's um to the city's eco- economy. So that's that's why it's very important to have them there. And since we don't have much from Hong Kong Free Press, by the way, all the articles that we read is from Hong Kong Free Press. You guys can check it out. You guys can check out the Hong Kong Free Press website. Just, uh, you know, put um, hkfp.com and you'll be fine. And you, you, you know, find a website there. And we're getting a lot, we're getting a lot of debt in America right now. Um, if you ask me how much debt do we have, I know you guys will be... Telling me, well, I know there's going to be some people out there that will, you know, believe everything what they said about how much, oh, oh how much money do we actually uh, have or how much money do we wasted or how much money do we just got screwed on. Um, I can, I can say about that actually. It's about $31 trillion. Can you believe that? I'm not making this up. $31 trillion in debt. And it's already pretty bad already. And it's, then they kept break because we kept spending too much, and we keep spending way too much money on our stuff. Literally, it's almost half that's going down already. And I'm gonna look, and we're looking at. I'm looking at the debt clocks. Very good website, actually. You can, you guys can, you know, you guys can check it out about the debt clock. It works amazingly. Um, I trust this website a lot. So make sure. To, so you guys can make sure you guys can check out our website. It works perfectly. Anyway, so. I'm looking at Texas right now. The amount of, of debt that we're facing right now is about $369 billion. The state and local alone. Think about that. The in-state revenue is, is, is about two hundred, about 235 It might probably increase by the end of the day, but still. It's a lot of money. And the GDP is about about, two tri- about I guess, so-called, two, I guess, $2 trillion or so. 
I recommend increasing it more, and because we need that in our, our state. And the problem is, there are plenty of projects that I consider to be extremely useless. Why, you may ask? Because look at there's a test like the Beagle's test. Like you just it's just a it's just a beagle putting your head putting their its head in um and like a little box and they get sent and they let Sandfly eat and the Sandfly eats it and it's stupid. It's one you know, there's there needs to be more people that points out to that. You know, if they wanna if they wanna run for office and things like that, you know. I mean you could say anything you want, but there's also other stupid like like White elephant project that costs so much money from our taxpayers. They also need to point. They also need to point that one out. And that's why I'm telling people out. Any laws that you look at or any rules that you put out or regulations you you find that you found to be very dumb or very ridiculous, please talk about it. Put that on. Put that on the uh, on your platform, saying let's get rid of you know um, white elephant project or something. Completely ridiculous. Make sure you guys are talking about that more. And that's it for today, guys. If you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for our Breaker podcast. So if you guys, in, so if you guys are want to do more, want to know more information about anything, and if you guys want to know about what's going on about Hong Kong and directly Hong Kong, make sure you check out Hong Kong Free Press website and they have all the information. They have all the articles that you guys can look at. That's it for today, and we'll talk more next time. This is Team Cal, my radio, signing out. Hope you guys have a great day. Cat host my radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. Cat host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.